Hello, all you rebels, scoundrels, and scruffy-looking nerf herders. This is Han Talks First. We're back with another week's episode, bringing you the latest and greatest of Star Wars content every week. I'm your host, Han, and this is the podcast you're looking for. Today we're going over a bunch of new information, some casting news regarding television series and movies. We also got some comments from Star Wars actors themselves, and of course our main topic, which is how Kylo Ren knew how to force heal. We're going to talk about all that today, and a little bit more extra stuff. So stay tuned, and I hope you enjoy. Give those musicians a round of applause. What a great intro. Actually, that was just something I wrote. <laughs> it's playback. I don't mean to brag, but I, I am very proud of it, and every time I hear it, it brings me joy because it means we get to talk more Star Wars. I just want to go ahead and apologize to the weekly listeners out there uh, for not posting on Monday. You know, it was actually my birthday on Monday, and I was going to record the day before, but I had some other things going on regarding my birthday, some surprises and events and gifts galore, etc., so... I never, I didn't, I didn't get around to it, but I had a, I had a great birthday. I got a bunch of this great Star Wars stuff. I got this really cool shirt, which I'm going to debut on the YouTube channel soon. Uh, yes, it's, it's worth it. I know it's just a shirt, but it's really, it's pretty good. You'll get that reference when the, when I debut it on the YouTube channel, uh, probably next week. So stay tuned. But yeah, like I said, we're going over some news that I'm unfortunately a little behind on because I missed the episode this Monday, but we're going to talk about it today and break it down in a little bit deeper dive now that we've gotten some more information. And so it's kind of a good thing that we didn't go live on Monday because now we got some more time to think about it and talk about it with everyone else. So I am going to start with some comments that were made by Mark Hamill on Monday, actually. And it's regarding his involvement with Star Wars in the future and specifically playing Luke Skywalker again. So he did an interview with Entertainment Weekly and... The quotes I'm going to read are directly from that interview, and they were asking him on, uh, you know, if he'd ever be willing to go back and return and reprise his role as Luke Skywalker. Uh, These are the quotes that he said right here. So he said, oh, I can't imagine that. No, I had a beginning, middle and end. Those films gave me far more than I ever expected when we started out. So it's never even occurred to me. My farewell was in episode nine and it was bittersweet. I love all those people and I certainly have been affection. I certainly have affection for George and the characters he created. I'm full of gratitude for what was given to me in my career, but I don't want to be greedy. There are still so many more stories that need to be told, and so many great actors to tell them. They don't need me. He continued on, and he talked a little bit more about The Mandalorian, and he stated, I think they have a wonderful advantage in The Mandalorian, in that it's economically storytelling. They don't have to have the burden of delivering a gigantic special effects extravaganza like the films we had to do. He exclaims, it sort of gets back to the basics of George envisioning it as a Western in space. It has a tone of Sergio Leone Western. I'm very impressed with what it, and to me, a very smart move on the part because they can't keep trying to top. It's like superhero movies that have to deliver these gargantuan epics. And The Mandalorian, they can just concentrate more on the characters and the storytelling. So I think it's excellent. 
So that's all he had to say on on both of those questions. And overall, it kind of states his involvement with the franchise going forward. So I think it's safe to say that he's done. And he's not going to be reprising his role anytime soon. He had his late and great cameo, which was in this sequel trilogy, which he actually got a lot more screen time and attention than any of us ever really thought he would. You know, if he was to reprise his role in The Force Awakens, as we once were told, um, most of us assumed it was just going to be a slight cameo, no major involvement in the overall story. But it turned out he became a very pivotal character and very important to the overall story going forward and ending the saga, the Skywalker saga. Um, It's no surprise that, or, or no secret that he wasn't a fan of the sequel trilogy, you know, of any of the movies, actually. You know, he didn't like the fact that he had no lines in The Force Awakens or screen time. He did not like The Last Jedi's uh, interpretation of his character. Uh, not that he claims that his character don't mis, you know, misread me here, but he didn't like the story that was being told about, about Luke. And then his involvement with Nine was just kind of, he was just there, as he says, you know, he, he really didn't have any attachment to it. So, so it seemed, so his story is over. Um, I don't think that's because he disliked this sequel trilogy so much as what made him want to be done with the character. I think it's because he had, like he says, that ending and to keep going back to it would just kind of, it would, it would touch it in a bad way and it would make it, it wouldn't make it special anymore. And, you know, he says he had, a beginning, middle, and end. I think his ending, you know, to me, was in Return of the Jedi. I think his his fulfillment to the character and the story was completed then and there. And everything going forward was these new characters' roles. He was just the Obi-Wan of the series and the sequel trilogy. But that's just my opinion. I would really like him to reprise his role at some point, even if it is just for a small cameo, like I once thought it would be in the sequel trilogy, showing up in The Mandalorian or in uh, future projects, you know, Luke Skywalker is going to be back in the franchise in some way. Don't mistake that. It's just not going to be played by Mark Hamill, is what it appears to be. So, we'll see, but that's the latest quotes from Mark Hamill. Let me me know what you guys think. The next bit of info, as far as news relation goes, is um, casting. There's been a lot, a lot, a lot of casting announcements. Um, All rumor, really but all seem to be true as they're coming from reliable sources and ones with connections to Lucasfilm themselves. Uh, The first one I want to talk about is the one that's being talked about the most, and that is uh, Katie Sackhoff, who is the voice of Bo-Katan in The Clone Wars and in Rebels, and she's going to be reprising her role in live action in The Mandalorian Season 2. This is crazy news because... I don't think any of us expected this. Now, why I don't think it's actually true is because season two, they say it's she's coming in season two. I just think that's a bit early. They finished filming it um, back in like November, uh, September, November, somewhere around then. They, that's when they finished filming. And now all these announcements of cast members are being flooded. Now, I know her name is on season two, on the IMDb page and listed as Bo-Katan, but I don't know. There's still part of me that's kind of like, is this really happening? You know, I feel like we would have known about this already. 
But Bo-Katan is, it makes sense that she's going to be involved in the Mandalorian because we just introduced the Black Saber at the end of the season one. And we know that her, her relationship with the Black Saber, the Dark Saber, not Black Saber, the Dark Saber, is of great importance to the history of Mandalorian culture. For those of you that don't know, I highly recommend going to watch Rebels. Uh, and of course, all of Clone Wars, if you haven't already. But uh, this is great. Katie Sackhoff is amazing. I think she is gorgeous, too. She was She's in a lot of like horror movies. Uh, often plays like the mom and stuff like that. I remember I recently watched her in this movie called Don't Knock Twice, which it's kind of a crappy horror movie, but she was great in it. She is absolutely stunning like beautiful <laughs> she's like the um and she's a great actress too she's great but I, i'm excited to see her play bo katan in this now of course this is a arose a lot of conflicts with other fans who have you know would have preferred that ahsoka had been played by her voice actress as well ashley Eckstein. but you know we don't know the full story there you know um Katie Sackhoff has a lot more live-action experience than Ashley Eckstein does. For example, she's had a heavy role in Battlestar Galactica. Like I said, she's been in multiple horror movies and so much more. So I think she was in Riddick, too. I could be wrong there, but I, I think she was in there. Anyway, the next bit of casting news is Tamara Morrison is returning uh, to a similar role. Um as Jango Fett, but he'll be playing his son, Boba Fett, also supposedly in Mandalorian season two. This is also crazy because I feel like we would have found this out too, but it could be true guys. It could very well be true. The theories are that he is, um, his character was introduced in season one as the, the unknown bounty hunter that's boots appeared in the bottom of the frame during the Tatooine episode. So it, it could fall in line. You know, he's crawled out of the Sarlacc pit and saved himself from death and has been living on Tatooine in the shadows since. And he sees someone else is coming in and taking bounties that he was after, and now he's going to go collect the bounty on the Mandalorian himself. Who knows? But um, the article that this is from, leaking this information, says that it'll be a very quick appearance of him in there. So I want to get to attached to seeing much of him. But I do think it's really cool that Tamara Morrison is returning. Um, I was kind of hoping that the the kid who played Boba Fett in the prequels would be the one to play Boba Fett in, in, you know, in anything after. But Tamara Morrison is just as great. <laughs> It'll be really refreshing to see his face again. But it will be weird to see his face and not think about the clones from the prequels. So we'll see. And of course, the last bit of casting news, which has been talked about, for, for weeks, for months, but I haven't addressed it, is Hayden Christensen being cast as Anakin in the Kenobi series. Now, what could this be exactly? How, could, how can he be casted? And, you know, the, import, the specific importance of casting him playing Anakin Skywalker during this time period when we know at this point Vader is completely masked and covered in his, in his new uh, robot armor which was when Obi-Wan Kenobi is taking place. So could Hayden Christensen be involved by, because they're showing flashbacks, you know, I, I, I seriously doubt that they're going to show Christ, Hayden Christensen's face completely covered in makeup and burn marks. And you can't even tell that it's him. You know, I just, I feel like they would have gone another route and hire someone a little bit more 
on the less expensive side to to play that role since you can kind of get anybody and fulfill that that need. So I think it's going to be flashbacks. And of course this isn't confirmed. This is just speculation and rumor, but you know, it it could be true. He he did express interest it was either last year or two years ago that if he was asked to come back, he would he would be overjoyed and he would accept it in a heartbeat. So we'll see what happens. We're going to move on to our main topic now. Uh, but before we do, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode. All right, it's time for the question that's on everybody's mind since they first pushed play on this episode. How the hell does Kylo Ren know how to use force healing? Here we go. So Rey utilizes a new force power in The Rise of Skywalker, and we're calling it force healing. A long-forgotten power in which a Jedi can use the Force to heal another by transferring some of their own life energy over to the wounded. While it's used by mainly Rey to heal both the sad, the the, the sad, <laughs> the sandworm, and uh, also Kylo after their duel uh, at the end of the movie, or I'm sorry, on uh, the Death Star wreckage. Uh, Kylo Ren also uses this power to bring Rey back to life at the end of the movie. But how did Kylo learn? to use this power. So there's two issues with this. Both have weight in what made it so controversial as it introduces discrepancies in past Star Wars movies. So the first one is that Rey is able to force heal when other high-ranking Jedi of the past seem to have had no knowledge of this power. And it's actually the power that Anakin was searching for in this time period of the prequels to be able to help save Padme. The second issue is that she learned this power from the old Jedi texts. Did the Jedi never read the text? Is it just a dark side force power exclusive? (laughs) I don't know. So that's what has been bugging people the most, right? Is that how come Rey is the first we've seen in the Star Wars movies to be able to use this power? Of course, Baby Yoda... He has used it, yes, but we're, we're going to get into that later. But specifically right now, we're talking about the Rise of Skywalker. And how Rey is able to use it because she read the Jedi texts, okay? Yoda has apparently read the Jedi texts, or we don't know. He asks Luke, has he ever read them? And Luke said no. And he said, page turners, that were not. So there's a chance that all of the Jedi... <laughs> completely ignored these books and just studied whatever the hell they they thought was the right way to educate themselves in the force. So it's it's very very strange that 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 it always existed as episode 9 clearly states. But the fact that no one has ever used it or bothered to educate themselves on the matter so, that's why I've come up with the idea that it was a dark side force power exclusive. You know, obviously, Plagueis knew this power, and he, so is said, taught Sidious this power. 
and Sidious, therefore, could have possibly used it to create Anakin Skywalker in Shmi. That's that's the theory, anyway. That's that's what I believe, and it could be what you believe, and I don't care. <laughs> whatever you, whatever whatever makes sense in your head. But the point I'm getting at here is that this is how. This is why it's so unknowns to the community as to how Kylo Ren knew about this Force healing power. So, it's simple. The Force Dyad. Within the Star Wars canon, a Force Dyad is defined as when two Force-sensitive individuals establish such a strong Force bond that they are one within the Force, despite being two different entities. It's, it gets, it gets better, trust me. (laughs) So because their bond is so powerful, it allows those individuals to be both physically and mentally interlinked across space and time, as we've seen in both The Last Jedi and in The Rise of Skywalker. And since their Force Dyad connection links both of their minds, it's possible that Kylo Ren was able to access Rey's knowledge of the Force healing. Even though Kylo has never read the Jedi text personally, it's possible that their mental link through the Force bestowed Rey's own knowledge upon him. Examples I can give you to have this make sense is in The Force Awakens, we saw the first time that their minds interlocked when uh, Rey was being interrogated by Kylo. And if you remember, he puts his hand up to her head and he, he and he's like, don't be afraid, I see it too. That could have been the first time that they interlinked with each other. Even though Snoke said in episode 8 that he's the one that bridged their minds, he, he probably bridged it, but bridging it wouldn't have been possible if they weren't already a dyad in the Force. And there's, there's so much more we could talk about on this dyad subject, such as why those specific two characters... Why were they the Dyad? It seems kind of coincidental, doesn't it? Well, it could be that they were the only two Force-sensitive beings during this time period. So a Dyad needed to be created, and since they were the only two using the Force uh, to that caliber, then they were the ones that were chosen to be the Force Dyad. So this is my poor theory to judge how Kylo Ren was supposed to know this power is that in that time when he was holding her, her mind was still technically on or right before then he, because of the dyad connection, he was able to search her thoughts and find this force heal. And then clearly he was able to use it on her. But uh, even a better example is that when she healed him on the wreckage of the death star is when he knew that she knew this ability So because he knew the ability, he was able to harness it for himself at the end of the movie to fix her, even though he didn't have to study it. Now, there is a further explanation to this possibility, and that is meditation. Meditation is the key to force healing. It's the clarity of the mind and the self, which Ben Solo attains by the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Now, notice I emphasize Ben Solo, okay? We'll get back to that in a second, but I told you I'd bring up Baby Yoda again. So Baby Yoda, this is the only other superliminal example of force healing being used. Superliminal is the opposite of subliminal, so it wasn't, it was more in your face. And Baby Yoda, um, I forget which episode it is, but he heals Grief Karga's wound in the Mandalorian TV show. Now since Baby Yoda has 
the appearance and the mentality of an infant, despite him being 50 years old, he clearly hasn't studied the Jedi texts that Rey herself read, and yet he seems to almost force heal innately. Now, again, Ben Solo can do this because he is reborn to the light side of the Force at the end of the movie when he kills off Kylo Ren, which some can say was also influenced by Leia, of course, not not shadowing that at all, but what's interesting about the end of this movie is that Kylo Ren is gone. Ben Solo is reborn. Therefore, he has the, the uh, how do you say, a symbolism of that mentality of an infant, which is to be pure, to be innocent. And therefore, he is able to, you know, get rid of any corruptness in his mind and just focus on meditating. And because he was able to be at one with himself and his mind, he was able to meditate and harness that energy that he knew Ray had, which was force healing. But I think he could only have used this on his dyad counterpart, Ray. If he had tried to use this on anybody else, I don't think it could have worked because he didn't study it. But because he has that connection with Ray, he's able to reciprocate it right back to her. It could have been the life that she gave him that was just given right back to her. So it's not, it's not technically he's giving up his own force power, his own force life energy, but he's giving back what Ray gave to him just a few hours ago, if that makes any sense. Because Kylo Ren's dead. Ben Solo's reborn. That life that is Ben Solo at the end of this movie, I believe, is what is left of Ray's life energy. And when he gives it right back to Ray at the end, then he, he's gone. He's completely gone. He gave up what was left of him, which was originally Ray's, and then he fades into the light. Now, there's also two other examples of force healing in the Star Wars universe. Remember, I said that Baby Yoda and Rey are the only two superluminal examples of force healing being used. There are two, there are two other examples. They are subliminal, and they are opinionated. This could not be true, but it's just something to consider when looking back at these movies. So check this out. I think two other Jedi, Siths, whatever, Force-sensitive people have been able to use Force healing in the past, and we've seen them in the Skywalker saga. We're going to start back with the original Star Wars, A New Hope. If you remember the scene where Luke Skywalker is attacked by the Sand People, and R2 goes into hiding, C-3PO's having a mental breakdown, and then Obi-Wan appears, and he kneels down by Luke, and the first thing he does is he put his, puts his hand on his head. Shortly thereafter, Luke is able to wake up. Now, it doesn't seem like much. It could be that he was just checking, you know, a pulse or checking to see if he had a fever, you know. But why, why his forehead, right? It, it raises a question. Could it be that he was passing on some force energy to him so that he could wake up quicker? Or maybe he was damn near close to dying. I don't know, but that's, that's the theory. Evidence to back this up is we see this return again in a, in a later installment of the saga, and that is in Revenge of the Sith. Now we're going to talk about Anakin when he's fighting Obi-Wan on Mustafar. Gets his limbs chopped up like chop suey by Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
Obi-Wan leaves, Palpatine comes in, and he sees Anakin on the floor, tells the clones to go get help, and he goes down. He also kneels down beside Anakin. And what does he do? Puts his hand on his forehead and grabs his temples, just as Obi-Wan did to Luke in A New Hope. And then thereafter, Anakin seems to be alive and make, make it to the medical bay, still conscious. So it could, that could also mean that Luke was almost dead in A New Hope. Um, but this is, this is the theory. And the time spent between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope was Obi-Wan Kenobi trying to figure out how Anakin survived the burn, the limbs being chopped off, everything and turn into Darth Vader. And the only theory was, he had some force energy passed into him. By who? Well, none other than the Emperor himself. So Obi-Wan spent this time not only learning to communicate with the dead, Qui-Gon Jinn, and learning how to become one with the, the afterlife, but he also used this time to study how to pass on force energy, and he passed that on to Luke. That could also explain how he became so open to the idea of the Force and how he was able to suddenly just connect with it like that and how he was able to uh, become so skillful so quickly as Obi-Wan passed on some of his knowledge and experience and, I'm going to say it, midichlorians onto Luke Skywalker. So that's that's my my poor hypothesis (laughs) as to elaborate on my explanation on how Kylo Ren knew how to Force heal Rey or knew what the Force forced the Horse... (laughs) The horse feeling, the force healing power was. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We got another great one coming out tomorrow. Or I'm sorry, not tomorrow, next week. Next week, we're going to talk about six main issues that I think Star Wars movies should avoid when continuing to make installments to this saga. Again, please come back and check out next week's episode. And there's tons more to check out if you're a new listener. Thanks again. Check out the social medias too for future content. And the YouTube is up and running. Trying to post videos every week. And now somehow, someway, somewhere this week. May the Force be with you.